0: Hey, welcome to our show, Truth Hurts. Today I have my friend Brian Goldstein and our new friend, Roger Rojas, content CEO. Um, You know, tell us a little bit about yourself, Raj.
1: So born and raised in Miami, Florida. Uh, Spent 18 years there, grew up. And then at 18, I went to New York to do my undergraduate degree at Iona University where I spent four years there. And then third year, that summer, is where I had a Gatorade internship and that's where I put a camera in my hand. And then I spent the next internship. Yeah. Marketing Gatorade internship. Yeah.
0: Great place. Yeah. (laughs) I love the Gatorade story too, about starting in in Florida for the, you know, for the Gators and stuff. It's pretty cool.
2: I forget the story. I know I've heard it though.
0: It was Gator aid. It was literally because they were like, so tired playing football that they had to find something with electrolytes and salts in it to like keep those kids running. And they did and they won the national championship and Gatorade was born. Oh shit. Yeah that's a great place to start marketing though. Cause they've really had like multiple different generations of, yeah of changing 100%. and then gaining market share and then losing it. And I mean, they basically built sports drinks also. I mean, they were the number one first, you know, Powerade came after them, but now it's, it's such a, it's a, a huge, yeah. you probably know what the market share now is like, well,
1: actually the internship I had was to tackle the high school market. So what they did is they uh, bought an ambulance painted it black, and put mm-hmm. the Gatorade logo on the side. And then what I did it was started in Miami. It was two others, and we hit Dope. every major city throughout the West, East Coast. Just driving and driving, uh, predominantly Florida. And what we did was, when we got there, we would do three things. The, the are you basis,
0: responsible for the Peppino, for the cucumber? <laughs> that shit's fire <laughs> no, definitely not no products so okay. my 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 uh purpose street is, team type stuff yeah
1: um the the brand the support. basis of it was we we're educating high school students on the importance of hydration by marketing gatorade products mm-hmm. and so what we would do is number one you had the pre which was a chewable at the time i don't think they sell there do that anymore this was back in 2015 uh, and then 15. the during which is what we know the actual drink and then the post they had like post protein shakes and protein bars okay so most of these Kids that we were speaking to, they had top 10 players in every uh, sport. So yeah. these were kids that were going to go pros in less than three years. Yeah, And so two of my friends would be in the front educating them on the three. And then once they were done with that, they would come with me in the back of the van. And it sounds terrible, in the back <laughs> of the van, where I'll take a picture of them. We would put their face on a Gatorade bottle and they would uh, take it home yeah that's That's pretty sweet that's inspiration bro so during that exactly um i thought i saw them doing two things right they're putting a gatorade bottle in their hand these are future athletes that are Mm -hmm. going to be pro uh number two we're educating on them on why they should be drinking gatorade and number three we made it fun like we had music blasting we had a future playing you know like vibing with them we would ask them questions take pictures and it was during that process i spent about i want to say three to six weeks doing that that it led to me being curious about content creation. So yeah. I was doing that to, you know, garnish photos and videos that would then be sent to Gatorade for them to be like, Hey, what are you guys doing? What's update? What does it look like? And this I had an
0: infancy of, of
1: Instagram stage, right?
0: Space, uh, relatively. Yeah. This, relatively is one, yeah relative, still, this is one. Yeah. This is when people were taking pictures. Yes. And they we'll were taking food yeah. pictures and,
1: and pictures. pictures. I mean, Random that's when,
2: like videos were like
0: 10 seconds, if 15 even. seconds. Yup. Yep. Yeah. yep. But exactly it was still, how. it was like, it was, Basically, Instagram
1: was for taking pictures. Correct. Twitter was more for communicating. Yeah, like by point. no means was it meant for business. Yeah. And uh, around that time, I had a family friend who had his own production company and he was doing uh, professional drones. And these were drones when they weren't, you know, you can't go to Best Buy to buy them. He was this doing was long before it yeah, long before DJI kind of, or I should say they're around, but the idea is like, he had things that you couldn't go to the local store and buy, right? No target, no CVS, nothing like that to buy a drone. And he had a photographer on his team who I admired. And I said to him, I I hit him up as soon as I finished the Gatorade internship. And it was like a week in between uh, me going back to school. And I said to him, hey, can I shadow him? I just want to see what it's about, like to, to have that life of being a photographer and just learn as much as I could. Spent the whole day with him. And I still vividly remember this as we're driving home. It's a family friend of ours. And he's about to drop me off. And he says, hey, I have something for you. It's in the back. And I look in the back. It's a Nikon bag and it's a camera. And i was just like what is this he's like well this is our old camera he's like i want to give this to you but you have i have one thing that you have to do i said what he's like you need to go back to your school and make as many videos as you can and promise me if i give it to you you'll do that i said done so i immediately went back to school um again no experience with having this camera at all and i did what anyone else would do i just started asking friends of like yo you guys want to shoot a video you want to take pictures my focus of my circle is my fraternity and we had you know Rush coming up for the fall. So I made like a hype video of Duh. why you should rush in my fraternity, Pi Kappa Phi. That got the attention of the school. My school then saw we had this local charity where we would dance, the term was a dance marathon for 24 hours that was raised for cancer research for the local hospital. That's cool. So then I did the promo video. There was a dance competition video and my video was the promo video for other people to like emulate wow that's, bad. So that's then, bad yeah so now my school is like okay cool there's a videographer and i went to a small private catholic school i'm not you know no big university this was max 4,000 undergrads so it's like i was one of the few with a camera especially doing video people were taking pictures but no one was really doing video yeah and then that got attention of a local restaurant across the street from my school and the owner would see me and he's like hey i see your videos i think they're super cool um i can't pay you but you could eat here for free as much as you want as long as you want Wow. I said, as many times as I hey. want. I was living off campus. <laughs> and for anyone that lives off campus, you know, that's like, I was like, yo, three times, five times. like, as many times as you want, you'll be good. I said, all right, cool. Free so, food, bro. exactly. Free <laughs> farter food. system, I love it. Yeah, and then I started the Instagram, taking pictures of food, Yeah, uh, making hype videos. We kind of, that was my one of my first quote unquote viral videos. It was like a 30 second ad that he made for Facebook. Got like a quarter, half a million views, something crazy yeah. in like 48 hours. And it was showcasing like the food process. It was like a stir fry, showing the fire, throwing the food up in the air. So, and yeah, that, during that time, they had a meal prep company. And this is a great story. If you never know the person that you're around and the influence they'll later have in your life. So there was my junior year prior to my senior year where I took an elective dance class. Again, I went to school for business, not arts, no nothing. It was an elective dance class. It was between dance or sculpting. And I took dance. And there was an individual in that class that now is one of my best friends that utterly changed my life he was helping out at that restaurant for a meal prep company and at that meal prep company for the restaurant they would get nutritional advice from a trainer he was that trainer this guy that i took dance class with right he now saw what i was doing with the restaurant he approaches me he sent me a message actually and he said hey i've seen the videos they're pretty dope i'm opening up a gym about like two three miles from the school um i would love some promo videos what do you charge and at that point i had never been paid a dollar you were just doing do. the barter system. Yeah. yeah, I barter. I was just kind of helping out friends. I was a cool guy with the camera kind of, I do not even know what that was. Of like, you know, what it, what it would be like, there wasn't no positions for that. And that was my first paid job. He paid me a hundred bucks for three 15 second videos. And again, this is one Instagram It was 15 seconds and it was hype videos that was then showcasing the creation of the gym. He then said to me, Hey, I love how this came out. Can you come? We're going to like, can you film us bringing the equipment in? I said, Sure. And then that turned into, as you would expect the equipment to filming that classes, to filming the grand opening. And I never publicly have ever said this, but I think this is a great testimony towards like you just figure it out and make stuff happen. During my spring semester, the biggest rush times of a fitness gym are when? Between 5 a.m. and 9 a.m. And then it's 3.30, give or take till seven, right? When people get out of work. So 4.30, 5.30, 6.30, especially for fitness classes in regards of like population, okay. right? I had a class from 3.30 to 6.30. And so, what did that mean? I wasn't able to film the classes. There were times, and again, I was a good student. I was very involved. Never, you know, don't promote this, but the idea was I had to figure it out. And he said to me, there was a couple times during the week. He was like, "Hey, I need you to film the 3:30 class. I need you to film the 4:30." But I had class, so there was a handful of times where I would walk into business class. They would take attendance. I would turn around, pay the kid five, ten bucks, tell him where I lived, and just be like, "Yo, I'm gonna leave my laptop and my backpack here as I go to the bathroom." And just take my stuff back when class is over. And I'll jump in his car and then go to the fitness gym and film the classes. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. There's a
0: will, there's a will. Right.
1: And uh, just fast forward to that point. It was May 2016. Uh, I
0: don't I was, think a business class would have mind that you were handling business during business class, yeah.
1: right? <laughs> it, but my biggest thing, and I say this, like, you know, kind of, like, you know, I wasn't just skipping class. I was someone who was very involved at my yeah. university, like, to the highest degree. Like, we had a women's basketball team that had scouting so I would be on the women's opposing team acting like the opposing team and train with them three to five times a week I was a part of my fraternity yeah uh, I was a part of admissions I would call students and you know I'm a Hispanic background so I would call aspiring other Hispanic students that were on the fence about it if they had questions in Spanish if they had questions in English during my junior year I had four jobs Tuesdays and Thursdays I was babysitting or sorry Tuesdays and Thursdays I was a waiter at a pizza place Monday Wednesday Friday I was babysitting. And then Tuesdays and Thursday nights I had a night class. And then Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I would attend to basketball stuff and also fraternity stuff. So I was You're very, very, schedule. yeah, I was someone who I, I was what I later learned was curious of life. And so through my curiosity, I consistently would figure out, all right, what does that look like? How can I try this? Or how can I get involved? And that's how I truly believe I found what is now what I do full time, you know? And even then there were still obviously moments, especially between 2016, and 2019, I met Dan Fleischman and how we met. Um, that it very much questioned my, you know, my worth and what I was doing and how, what I was, who I was working for and, and and all that. But ultimately it was just the curiosity that kept me going of, you know, what is this? Where can I get involved? How can I help? How can I serve?
0: Sounds like you got a camera in your hand and you hit the ground running.
1: Heavily. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and,
0: and you had it in your mind even before you had the camera.
1: Yeah. And I, I think it was one of those things where I kept telling myself, and this was advice that I got prior um, leaving from high school to university. So I was, Again, I went to a private Catholic high school in Miami. I'm one of five and I was the first sibling to leave my house for university on the fourth. And there was a, a Christian brother pastor there and he gave me this advice and I placed everything in life. When I was on the fence about going to school in New York, he said to me, what's the worst thing you could do is try. You try it out, August starts and by December, if you don't like it, you come back. He's like, the worst thing you could do is have regret. of What if rather than you tried it, it wasn't for you and you move on. And so I did that with my camera. I, that that was my thought process the whole time. Every time I had a chance to shoot, every time I yeah. had a chance to connect with someone, I was like, let me just try it. You know, like let me try to shoot this wedding. Let me try to shoot this baby shower. I had never done it, how'd, but I just tried it. How'd
2: you figure out the editor?
1: Uh, YouTube, yeah, a lot of YouTube. University YouTube, yeah. <laughs> look a lot. <laughs> Big yeah, for, YouTube for every creator, it especially now. You know, 2015 was very different The landscape. that's why i'm saying like yeah it know. wasn't it wasn't nowhere near where it is today where i could you know youtube and there's 50 videos of how to do x um but i genuinely say again i never talk about this but you know i i hit the ground running with that gym they didn't put me on salary they were just opening yeah and the owner he's one of my best friends frankie d'agostino i love him and he had 12 trainers on staff and yeah. they were all young trainers and they were just starting out too so what does that mean that they didn't have the financial means yeah to promote and create content on instagram nor did they need it was necessary to do so. hundred percent. And again, it wasn't used for business. So no. I was convincing people.
0: To use it for business. So it was fir- the best platform.
1: My first ever retainer, this is gonna sound nuts to anyone listening to this. this. is gonna sound nuts, but I swear to God, I did this. 10 videos, 10 photo shoots a month. Guess how much I would charge a trainer? thousand bucks. $30. No. Yeah. Jesus. My thought process was I had 10, 12 tra- tra- retainers on this. I was making 300 plus bucks a month. And again, you have to remember, I had no portfolio. I had no confidence you're starting from scratch yeah and like i couldn't even sell myself there was nothing to sell yeah. and so them selling a service that they didn't necessarily want or need but the owner frankie was pushing for hey you should hire roger hey you should hire R. i lived in that gym and so it became genuinely just trial and error of like figuring stuff out over and over and over and over and over i shot hundreds and hundreds of fitness videos and every time they're hey can you try this and i'll just they're just drill my head into a computer
2: you still do a bunch of fitness
1: videos for some of your friends, yeah? I now, now I, I'm getting back into it. Um, it's definitely something I stepped away from, but in the beginning, it was it was I lived and breathed in that gym, like to the point where they had a second floor bathroom hangout area. Like I even asked them if I could put a bed there. That's how often I was there. Oh, like I have endless videos and photos. Like you could just see the back of my head from the front desk of me just editing. Yeah, that's what it, that's all I did, and this was all I knew, right? And the biggest thing too, and I think a lot of people can relate to this, is my family was traditional. So when I graduated, you know, I'm so thankful I come from a great family. Um, they took care of a private Catholic high school education, private Catholic college education. Um, big purpose of graduating was my grandmother. And she says to me, what are you doing? And I said, I'm going to be working at a gym taking pictures. And She looked at me like I've had three heads. And she, genuinely she said to me, go do whatever you're going to do. May 16, 2016 is the day I graduate. May twentieth of 2016, she called me and said, you're completely cut off you want to do what you're going to do, you figure it out. And it was at that point that I realized it was a blessing and a curse. So obviously that day was like my D-Day. It was like very emotional, but then it also was why I do what I do and how I do it. She gave me that push to, you know, if I'm going to go in, I'm going all in and there's no like plan B. Perfect. And the whole thing for me was just not, just not allowing myself to give up and saying to myself, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go all in. And On, I'm going to on like, the
0: flip side of that, it sounds a little, uh, it can sound cold, but yes. it's really empowering.
1: Right. Again, in that moment, I was yeah. like, "How is she like throwing me to the dirt?" Yeah. Um, but, but ultimately, it's
0: something that's very hard to do from a parental standpoint, yeah. and then to give power to to knowing that that's the only way that like you know monsters are created, and so to speak, in right. business-minded monsters, especially if you want to take a route that's that's
1: uh, you know, it wasn't traditional. Like I still remember, I had a traditional, friends. At yeah. He, at yes. that time. I still remember I had a friend of mine, he graduated with me from uh Yankee candle, the, the candle company, mm-hmm. and he created the social media role. Like that's how, like when I was graduating that, that it wasn't even a role in business, like now it's a standard thing to have. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It, times have definitely changed over the last, I'd say what, four Six or five years.
1: Yeah. Six what years ab- of this.
0: What about, uh, so New York, let's fast forward. Um, the pace of New York is obviously like 10 X what? Yeah. Miami is probably right? not even close. Yeah. yeah. I
1: always say Miami made the New York hustle. yeah, cause That's what it is. Like that city is just so thriving and kind yeah. of, and I'm sure it can't...
0: accelerated you at light speed, right? Cause you have no choice. I had, I had and so, there's many, so much going on.
1: Yeah. So many moments of, Oh shit. Right. And so many moments of growth. Uh, there's one story that I think i like to laugh about. and I think about very often was when I was traveling, around the subway during peak hours. So if anyone from New York knows what that means, it means your sardines in the yeah, subway. Exactly. And at the time I had a drone and the drones that, that were out at the time, they were like the size of that case in front of you. Right. Oh you yeah. The They're huge. I had yeah. the big boys. And so I had a big backpack and during the peak hours, again, new to kind you of New York city life, subway life. I hated you <laughs> Exactly. And I kept it on. You were downright a Target. <laughs> yeah, wait, <laughs> this is the point of the story. <laughs> um, I'm there, and I still remember it was like two to my right, this older gentleman looks like typical grandfather, white hair, the whole nine. And he goes, hey, asshole, how about you take off your backpack so we can fit more people in the subway? I just look at him, you know, very respectful, especially older people. I said, yes, sir, take it off. I put him between my legs. I'm like kind of embarrassed, the whole subway, you know, New York vibes, people don't care. They do care, they're looking, they're laughing the whole nine. And this gentleman's in front, of his big dude, trainer, huge. He has headphones on and I just kind of, I'm in shock and I look down at him, he's sitting down and I'm like, man, New York City, huh? He takes off his headphones, this guy's huge, he goes, better he said it than me, huh? And then puts his headphones back on, and he puts his head down. And I'm like, man, that is New York <laughs> at its best. <laughs> no, just like the mentality, like, yo, they'll chew you up, eat you all twice, you know? A hundred percent. And uh, that that, that's what I loved about New York most, though, and I still do. Of like when I'm in that city, the the commitment to like you just got to make stuff happen. And if you don't, because the standard of living is so difficult, is that yeah, you just won't make it. You know, and that saying if you could live in New York, you could live anywhere is so true. Especially when I moved from New York to Cali, I was like, man, the pace is so slow. Yeah, I would shoot like... like six, seven events a day in New York. Yeah, I'm talking like full blown biking to one, subway to another, jog to the other. Yeah. Like I was, that that's what I thrived off of. And then here, I still remember it was like 2021. LA. I couldn't even pull off three, because no. of the traffic, you yeah. know, like. LA's like, LA. you're
0: how far, 12 miles? Yeah, yeah. Ah, I think we're gonna have to postpone or do right. it again.
1: <laughs> yes, that's definitely a thing. And yeah. so. People that, don't realize that. Well, well,
0: New York is a, I mean that, you know, the, the city
1: sub- is a small
2: But area, the subway right? makes it easier to get through New York. It's First. not
0: just that, there's traffic, but you're talking about two miles by 12 miles, bro. Yeah. Imagine if LA was two miles by twelve miles with yeah. all of that packed in. You'd be able to get a lot done, right? Yeah. What are you traveling? You're traveling three quarters of a mile, which is still kind of a hike, but you can walk it, bro. True. Remember, you can walk. Get out and walk Manhattan in a couple hours if you're, you know, right. If you're fast enough, you know, to pretty much get anywhere. And they do. Oh yeah. That's why they look at you like
1: you're crazy, like you're going where? Just walk. Yeah. I, I did all that. I walked. I biked. I yeah. Mopeds. Go. I, I anything I could just figure it out. I did that.
0: But well, here, 8 like, million stories, so that's helpful when you're starting a, uh, you know, entrepreneurship uh, content creation business, right? There's yeah. so much to look at, probably too much at times to focus on.
1: I think, and that's another thing, when I was starting, everyone would tell me, what's your niche? And for me, going back to understanding who I am, and this is for a creator listening and thinking to myself, like, how do I get started? Where do I start? Is like, I went off of what the opportunities in front of me. And then also what enticed me? What was mm-hmm. I curious about? Yeah. And so it
0: always brings forth the best start. Right.
1: Right. And But the idea was for me is like what, what's what instead of seeking stuff that is not attainable, what's in front of me, like being resourceful uh-huh. right? of the people in front of me, my friends, my family of like, how can I help them? How can I serve them and what I'm doing? And I became so curious about different facets of niches of fitness, of entrepreneurship, podcasts. Uh, at one point I was doing music stuff. I was a creative director for an online music company. Like I did things that was constantly pushing my envelope of what's next or how can I try this? How can I do this? Where that's kind of created my Rolodex where I could arguably say there's when it comes to content I've done most. And I've built my network through that of saying not just that specific niche. And for me, when I was starting out, that was always the number one question. What are you, what's your focus? What's your focus? I was like, everything. Like what, what, what do you need me to do? Right. And I think it was just the idea. I was like, how can I chase that dollar plus, how can I get involved? How can I help you? How can I meet you? You know, because I I also learned, especially Dan talks about this, of just like your network is a fast forward button to life. Mm -hmm. And so the more people I know, the more things I can get done and the more people I could serve. And I've learned that especially living in three major cities of like creating content is one thing, but helping someone's another. Right. So, and
2: you're always one to help. Like it's not a money thing for you. You just genuinely love helping everybody.
1: Yeah. I get that from my dad. My dad was that dude like genuinely that dude, like growing up homeless people, with janitor, he was just that dude. But even
2: Dan, yeah. same way.
1: Yeah, I think that's why another big reason why I you guys kind of mesh well the, together. Like the baseline of it, he's just an amazing human. Oh, yeah. Like there's no, for me, when, when I was 20, it was 20, yeah, it was pandemics, so 2019, 2020, so I was like 25, 26. I told myself that, you know, the ego of entrepreneurial, I'll never work for someone, right? And so me dropping my ego and saying, Hey, I'm gonna make, I made the decision from New York to LA to work for Dan. And at that time I kept thinking to myself, if I'm gonna do that, who's this human? Like baseline, like no money, no network, who is he? And the number one thing he would always talk about is charity. The other thing he would always talk about is not only like pushing people up and and serving them and, and, and being there for them. And I thought to myself, I was like, and he would always give hundreds of thousands of million dollars a year to charity. I was like, this guy's doing this endlessly, year after year after year. That's not a that's not a fraud. That's not a fake. That's someone who generally lives it, speaks it, and it's it's in his blood. And so I said to myself when I made that decision to move from New York to LA, is like I'm gonna work for someone that I admire and I respect, but ultimately is a good human. And so for me, that was like actually a really I've never spoken about that. That's like the biggest reason why of like I I looked up to him in that way of just like man, this guy's constantly serving. And he's showing up for people over and over and over again. I was right. like, I want to be like that. That
2: man, I've seen him on four different flights in a day, just getting from one event to the next event to yeah. the next. It's like, dude, you're fucking nuts. Yeah, this... I'm with
1: him now when I do so this. I know what you're talking about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so let's talk about Dan. Um, let the people know who you're talking about. And then, and yeah. then kind of what you're, you're doing. That's a crazy story it. of how I met him. Yeah,
1: That's a crazy story. Yeah. So uh, Dan Fleishon, the youngest person I ever take a company public, um, an investor in like 40 different plus companies now. Uh, his current passion project is his twenty-six acre ranch. Uh, he partnered, got involved with uh, the Real Tarzan to create an animal conservation. Oh, and like yeah, And then um, one of his various businesses that I love and admire is uh, Cards and Coffee. So it's the number one too. franchise Great sports idea. card store. We'll be opening, or we, you know, part of the uh, the brand in two weeks in Mandalay Bay in Vegas. So you oh, wow. come by. He's partnering with Marshawn Lynch. Yeah, so that's super cool. Great store. Yeah, uh, that'll be eight or nine. How's the Hollywood location doing? It's great. It's number one. Yeah. 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 Open during the pandemic. It's crushing.
0: Another passion. I love coffee. Dan loves cards. Yeah. Like, like, (laughs) you know, yeah. But obviously, I'm in the sports world too, have been a long time um, doing signings and stuff. So I know a little bit about it. It's cool, man. Yeah. It's it's great. People love it. And
1: I think it's very nostalgic, right? And so that's why it's doing so well. The passion of like the bridge of the younger generation, older Mm -hmm. one. And then latest, uh, his biggest project now is Money Mondays podcast that we're you know traveling yeah. around doing in an RV. That's a
0: great, I, I thought when I, Brian sent me the episode first and as uh, soon as I heard about it, I said, oh, that's a great, that's a great plot line for, for a show, right? Yeah. yeah. It, it cool. means he's always
1: talking about money, right? And I yeah. think um, the three questions are always asked: is how do you invest it? How do you make it? How do you give it away to channel? Yeah. And so that, that I think is just so cool kind of topics that people don't really talk about. And he's very direct and, and simple with that. Which is dope, because that's what people really need to hear from something of that educational nature.
2: And Dan exactly. breaks it down in such a simple way and people are like, it's not that easy. It really is that easy yeah. if you follow the steps and go through yeah. it.
1: Well, I think it's, it's, it's similar to career paths and career choices that we just overthink it, right? I what think-
0: did uh, What did Dan see in you that uh, he needed to have by his side all the yeah. time? Yeah, so,
1: so this is the story. So this is March of twenty twenty? Yeah. March of no March of twenty nineteen. Right before COVID. Yeah, right before COVID. March of twenty nineteen. I actually remember the day I met him, March thirtieth, twenty twenty. Twenty nineteen. And so I had a podcast with my who became my best friend Frankie. Mm-hmm. And uh we wanted to get guests on it. And at that time I had a creative relationship with Elena Cardone. She, she was following me on Instagram. And two things, at that time, the cheapest day for flights were Tuesday. So I send her a DM saying, hey, Elena, I'm gonna be in Miami. I had no business being in Miami, and I wasn't in Miami. And I would love to get you on the podcast, even if it's her 30 minutes. She says, she responds to me and says, yeah, I'm available. We could do it inside the studio at one o'clock. This was like Sunday. I call Frankie, I'm like, yo, we gotta go to Miami tomorrow. We got Elaine on the podcast, we got it, We got the studio, we got it all set up, we just gotta show up. So we show up, do the podcast, and while we're there, uh, one of my other best friends, Casey Adams, I don't know if you, yep. yeah, he hits me up, he's like, yo, I see you're in Miami. Um, can, we, can you meet me in Tampa? There's an event I'm speaking at. And at that time, Frankie and I, another business venture, we started a barbershop together, actually, in front of the university, and we just opened. And or it was still going through the process of being open. We're filming stuff, I was like, dude, I can't. I gotta get back to New York. Frankie overheard me, and this just shows, like, lining yourself with the right people that are pushing you to do the right thing. You kind of want to move you forward, even though it may take away from what you're doing with them. He still always wanted to push me and give me more and support me. He overheard me denying the opportunity to go to Tampa. And so I hang up the phone. He's like, dude, look up the event. You never know who will be there. You know, going again, it sounds pretty consistent. With my story of like never knowing and just to kind of take yeah. that leap of faith. I look up the event, Dan Fleischman, handful of other people, Nick sentence also, And he says to me, he's like, yo, let's head over to Tampa and you should film for a day. So I said, all right, cool. He's a firefighter for the state of New York. And kind of, we got in a rental car for 30 bucks, drove to Tampa, had no room, check into the hotel. Uh, The next day, I'm following Casey, and we're sitting at a table like this. It's myself, Casey, and Dan, and Dan slides me a sticky note. At this point, you know, I had heard of Dan two months prior, never spoken to him face-to-face. He wrote, video, question mark, paid. So I'm like, I whisper at Casey, I'm like, what is this? He's like, his video guy's in here. Can you film him? Just is about getting, I don't think he's ever heard this story. And at that time, I couldn't afford a lav mic, a lavalier mic, right? I just had my camera and road mic on. And he looks over and he's like, do you have a lav mic? I said, yeah. There was a kid in the back 10 minutes before I met a creator and I saw he had one. So I walk up to him I'm like, hey, brother, you're not going to believe this. My lav mic is dead. My speaker is about to oh, can I just use yours for 30 minutes? I'll bring it right back to you. He's says, like, yeah, of course. I've never used this in my life. The hustle. <laughs> no way for it. I've never used this in my life. I look at him jokingly, but serious, but playing off joking. I'm like, yo, this one goes on the speaker, right? And now it's on, tap, tap, mic on, right? And I'm like looking at the levels, don't even know what that is. And he goes, bro, come on. And I was like, dude, yeah, I know. And I was like, now when I plug this into the camera, it works, right? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I'll just do it for you. I'm like, perfect. No idea, no idea. And this is 10 minutes before Dan's going, I throw on the mic, praying to God that it's running. And I set it up and I thought to myself, what can I do to make an impression on him? And so I immediately, he didn't want me to edit the video. He just gave me an email, sent it to my video editor, but I made him a 30, 45 second clip that was, he could post on Instagram within 30 minutes of getting off stage. And at that point, Casey put me in a group chat with him. So I got his number. Not only did he pay me, he paid me double. And this just goes kind of the lineage of opportunity and what could have, how it affected everything. Two days later, he puts me in a group chat with someone. He says, hey, this is your guy. He's based in New York. He didn't shoot your course for you. Dan says that. yeah no idea who this guy is the guy immediately calls me and says, hey dan spoke so highly of you i heard you're in new york i'm shooting this online uh, course i want to get like bts of it kind of you know the experience the energy of it and post it on my social media, Yeah, of course you know dan i just figured it out what do you charge and i was i can't remember it was something so baseline quick easy a couple hundred bucks i just wanted to show up and provide value um, and that person ended up being Charlie Walk. Charlie Walk was a massive music, you know, executive mm-hmm. that, you know, put together some of the biggest bands and supported some of the biggest artists. <laughs> <laughs> and I spent, you know, the next couple months with him getting to know his family. Uh, because of that, I shot the 2019 VMAs, had full access wow. to the 2019 VMAs. Yeah, that was insane. And got to travel with one of his artists that was up and coming. Simultaneously between March and November, every month or so, Dan would put me in a group chat with someone. Of influence, a CEO that was in town that needed help, uh, people from Cindy Eckert to a handful of other characters, most people would know. And fast forward, he kept doing that, and I kept serving his people. And he, I would never sp- talk to him, like never phone call, never text. I was, it was always group. But text. you showed up, and yeah, he he just showed, up over, showed and up over and over and
0: over. And he knew that you showed up,
1: yeah, because I was providing, you know, the content and doing yeah. whatever was needed for the people he's introduced me to, mm-hmm. and. Fast forward to November of 2019. He shoots me a text, hey, are you available? It was like flying October 31st, first couple days of November, one, two, three. And I said, yes. Puts me in group chat with the event coordinator. From that event coordinator, um, I don't ask questions. I have no idea what I'm flying into LA for, zero. I just, same idea. He wants me here, show up. First night, it's a rented mansion and ended up being the first series of the 100 MME events. Oh, it was so this $100 million mastermind that people pay hundred thousand dollars to attend, for four events a year, for uh, three events a year at the time. Okay. Yep. And that first night was in a Beverly. It was in L. A. Beverly Hills Mansion. Again, no idea what I'm showing up for. I showed up for a suit and tie. I had a suit and tie on. If you know me now, I never wear a suit and tie. <laughs> I just I was treating it like it was first day on the job. No idea what it was. Did he make fun of you for that? I've never. We've never talked about it. Okay. Yeah, even during the event, listen. Like even the weekend to talk about that is like we never. We didn't talk. So he shows up. There's 100 plus people there.
0: It's raining. It's all good. Just part of the show.
1: And so, for, for the event, I show up there, and the first night he has 100 plus people in this. Mansion, and he interviews Mark Wahlberg. He flew him in on a jet to interview him with Joe man for nice. 45 minutes. Yeah, so that was pretty wild. Yeah, it's expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then I go to bed and wake up, and then location number two, no idea where I'm going. Uh, is at Dan Bilzerian's at the house at the time, his house in Bel Air, and it's a variety. House. The one, crazy, one, yeah, right? is yeah, that what
0: it's called, the one. I think it's um, called the one. I'm not sure the name. The Wish
1: House, or but it, that, it was called the one. Yeah, the
0: wild
2: one. Yeah, yeah.
1: So. Uh, it was at that house and he had a variety of entrepreneurs that I look up to that spoke on stage. Mm-hmm. And then at night he had a charity poker tournament. Tiger performed, Nick Cannon was the DJ and Chris Tucker was the host. Yeah. And then the next day he rented out what is the Porsche experience uh, near yep. the airport. And when we arrived, you had the choice of being driven by professional drivers in various Porsche cars or playing basketball with Dennis Rodman, uh, the professor uh, dribble too much. A handful of like well-known and basketball characters, guys, yeah. Matt Barnes. So, and then when you were done with that, you would go inside, and Magic Johnson gave them a motivational speech. Oh, amazing. Um, Magic Johnson gets off, and Dan calls me, and we're going to a room, and then it's Chris Jenner, Amanda Cerny, and like two other like women executives. So at the end of all this, I'm like on a super head high of like what yeah. is going on, like what is this event, like the whole time I kept questioning my worth. You know, you're talking about the question of like what did he see in you? I had no idea the whole time I was there, there was like a handful of other creators. But I was like, why me? I was like, why am I here? Like, what's the purpose of me you show dude? up? And at the end of it, I still remember this is one things where they had breakout groups and he went to the station area where there was like tea and stuff. And I see him alone at this point. It's been seven plus months of endless work he's given me. I'm in LA for this event that had no reason why I'm being there had never sent a word to him since. So I approached him with went to men's grace and saying, Hey, Dan, thank you so much for inviting me. Thank you so much for being, allowing me to be here in this presence of people and for you thinking for me to be able to serve you and do this. I still remember this. He grabs the, the tea, takes a sip. He looks at me and he goes, you don't know this yet, but you're moving to LA. Taps my shoulder, walks away. Like if who's it's, a, it's a Dan move. Yeah, literally just does that, walks away. I was like, this dude is nuts. I was like, what is he talking about moving to LA? I was like, I was living in New York, socially, work, everything else thriving. I was like, why would I ever leave New York? Dun, 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 the pandemic hit. <laughs> Had me questioning everything down in Miami. And around that time, uh, he did something that made me realize the power of your network. He posted a talentless ad brand for the clothing company and he was serving and helping out there. And I saw it and I said to him, I was like, Hey, I would love to do something cooler for you. I was like, I like what was done. If you send me a t-shirt, I can make a cool video. And then within seconds, he put me in touch with an executive for the company. And I was like, man, I was like that, he did it. So, and it's so careless and quickly. I was like, why wouldn't I work for this guy? Why wouldn't I take that leap of faith to like trust him and move to LA? So I did June 27th of 2020 jumped on a plane.
2: High to COVID.
1: Hi to COVID. Moved into a studio apartment. Empty plane, probably. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, I have endless videos of traveling. I remember
0: my friends just sending me pictures of like just yeah. them on a plane, empty by themselves. Oh, yeah. dude, it was yeah. great flying during that time. Yeah. Well, yeah. There's something. That yes know, but yeah,
1: I don't talk about is that I constantly had the leap of faith, constantly bet on myself. That was the one time in my life where I was extremely anxious and nervous. Like I still remember that day freaking out. Like going on the plane. It wasn't even about the pandemic. It was just about going to LA, not knowing one soul, moving into an Airbnb studio apartment with like six other bedrooms. Like it was I it was one of those things where I was just doing it, right? Took the leap. Yeah. And it was like mixed with that pandemic of like not having friends no social stuff going on
0: yeah it was a very of, trying time for. yeah, it, it, was, yeah. it was it especially was especially to be by yourself in a new place right yeah very and, and,
1: and taking that and, and taking that leap of faith and so kind of just going back to the question of like what he saw me i think it was just like i just kept showing up you right? show up right? and right. i just i kept doing the one thing i could do is just put in the work like yeah. not not just bet on myself and, and just you, do it over and over 80 percent of
0: life is showing up Maybe, maybe more than that is what they like to say. It's interesting, uh, as an actor, as a child, they always had like, this is back in like the Polaroid days. So they always had like sheets of like all of the things that you could do. Right. Basically they'd have you fill out like a, can you ride a horse? Can you karate? Can you do this? Can you do this? So the answer to everything is always yes. Right. Because, oh yeah, yeah, we could do that. We could, we could do that. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. You just, you got to get your foot in the door first. So like with the lava mic and, and figuring things out as you go is one showing up. Two, always figuring it out regardless of the situation and what you have to do. Just, right. I'm sure people see that you're moving forward, you know. Sometimes you don't have to have faith in yourself for somebody else to have faith in you because they see that that you can handle these
1: things in those moments. So that was it for me, especially Frankie when I first started. He would always tell me like when I first started, he's like you're the best videographer and content creator in the world. He would literally always tell me that. And I'm like, "Bro, what are you looking at?" Like, seriously, what are you looking at? I would always question him. And he would he just did, put it in did me. Did yeah, also. it was that motivation of just putting yeah. in in me of like, yo, I have worth that I have. That, that to st- I have videos of him still. Like, I would film his reaction looking at my edited videos and I would get a high off of that and yeah. realizing like, yo, I'm creating something that someone enjoys. And he would always instill that in me. So I, I completely agree with that of kind of having that, that, that support of knowing like, yo, you're moving, you're going forward. And it was just him. And like my family, like, had no idea what I was doing or why I was doing it, you know? And still, it, it isn't until, I've been doing this for six years, and I could genuinely say it isn't until the past, like, year, two years where my family, like, knows what I'm doing.
2: Like, the first couple of years, they, they had no idea. So, wait, did your grandma's attitude
1: change? Yeah, she did. it did. And, and my sisters, I, I looked for validation in both of them, like, immensely. They were the two people that, for real, mentally messed me up, of, like, they were questioning what I did, how I did, I couldn't even explain it. Um, but then I realized it was the baseline of they just cared for me and they didn't want me to get hurt and they didn't want me to struggle. And so by me doing that, they felt that I f- should find a new career. Right. And that they I had other smarts or other tools to then better my life. But just like anything else, it's like yeah, they see now and they're kind of like, yeah, it's just it's, it's completely opposite. Right. Like the, the tonality of it is just it's just completely different and i think it was just the baseline they put in the work they see what i'm doing that you know i support myself and kind of i've made something for myself and it's still building but the idea of like yeah i'm taking care of stuff you know and and kind of going back on that something that was really special for me for the first time in my life it was my grandmother's 86th birthday today is uh, wednesday this was last week tuesday and i flew to miami to surprise her and i took her out to dinner for the first time in my life like just her and i and my sister and i treated her because she's been my mother And so even though I would let it rock, right? Like you're out with your parents, like, oh, you know, they got it. And even though it was just dinner, that was like a real fulfilling moment for me of like, like I'm doing it, you know, it's not a big deal. It's not a big purchase, It's not a big dinner. But the idea is like, she looked at me and she's like, you know, I'm proud of you. You know, like you're doing it, whatever you're doing. She still doesn't know. You know, she just thinks I takes pictures. And that that part's so funny, I mean, it's also so cute because... It just makes me realize like the baseline of it is she just had immense love for me and she just didn't know how to express it for me to be able to put myself in a position to win because she didn't know how to help me. Yeah. And the thing that I later then learned and realized is that that's like the pain and love of a parent, right? Of just you want the best for them and you cannot may tell can them be... what path they're going to take, but you, you do other things to yeah. kind of push them. And I think that's what It can she be did. cultural as well. Yeah, I'm Hispanic. She's Cuban. She's a yeah, like poor military yeah, Not background. just
0: Hispanic, but but Cuban, which yeah. means different things happen for her to be here to put you in a position to do this. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. So oh, 100%. The way no, they she, think she about left. things yeah. is is very cut and dry, right? Right. They come from a communistic background. Yes. First right, yeah. a republic, then a communist. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. it's my, a... my
1: grandfather, actually, fun fact, uh, both of them, I, my first grandfather, my second, led the revolt against Castro. Yeah. Oh, wow. There's theaters and monuments dedicated to my family in, in Miami. And they had Pretty to get great. out of there? Yep. Yep. They, and leave left. behind
0: everything they know and everything yeah. that they've owned or 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 you yeah. know. In nineteen sixty two,
1: or... she jumped on a plane. My dad was two years old, my yeah. uncle was four. Yeah, it's uh yeah. you yeah. know my politi- grandfather. political asylum. Yeah, it's he, the he fear of Panama, fleeing your, your
0: life him. for for death because of a, you know, enemy regime basically. Yeah. It's, it's a it's a lot. And then uh things were very are you Cuban cut and dry? No, I, I'm very familiar with the oh. with the uh, I lived with some Cuban people for a while, so they left their family left the same way. very prominent people in Cuba yeah and uh, lost everything and had to re rebuild and restart over it's it just i I could tell from the way, but that a lot of these new style things are maybe very foreign to them, you know they right. they think that, you know,
1: it's it's changed, right? Like just technology, right? I think that's the baseline of it. Like yeah. Telling her, hey, I'm taking pictures for you. Yeah. Well, you've seen it change. that has been used on social years, media five years. Yeah. Like she
0: now it's a, yeah, now it's the biggest ad platform in the world, but it's right. overnight, really, in, in the sense of like the grand scheme of things. Yeah. So I wanna ask two questions. Um for the people out there that are, you know, into content creation, which everybody is. Yeah. First is for a brand with a product and no social media presence that's looking to you know join the digital world um, what would be your first play and and from that from that nature you know
1: um, i would go through the line what i always like to say if you have a product or a service run create videos of your frequently asked questions what is this how can i use it what is this problem because then that gives people an education on what it is right and by them, you're educating them. Let's give an example, right? Let's say the service is a product behind, or more so a service of, um, throw, throw something at me here so I, I could give, a hat company. Uh, so let's say, yeah, even the bottom, let's say the hat, so I like the hat. So the hat company, um, I would right off the bat, number one thing, tell your story. How did you guys get started? Create a video of who the founders are, who the company is, because people buy into stories, they don't buy into products. Mm-hmm. Um, they support the people behind them and then whatever which they do, which is why, especially in today's world, influencer marketing and you see people like Logan Paul, Mr. Beast, that they're finding success with their brands is because people love them. Yeah. It's not the product. Yeah. It's like they're obsessed with the individual. With that those it. Yeah. And they would buy anything they do. Exactly. And so that I think is the baseline of it, is the more you tell stories about who the people are and how you got started and what it is um and you could do it with an iphone and i think that's where people think production is such a big deal where it's c- the complete opposite these ugc user generated content videos are the ones that do the best
0: i see that that's that's what it is so people think oh the lights the cameras all this stuff it's so hard i can't do it right. we don't have the money for it but right. really the new iphone this, <laughs> is all you need right. the front camera
1: yeah with the light you know, you know and what if I'm you saying? can't afford a light you yeah. face a you face a you face a wall or sorry you face a a window and just so that you're sure, getting the nice natural yeah, light, that's your natural light. Yeah. You know, like there's so many things you could do. You don't have a tripod. You stack a couple books, lean it against the corner. Exactly. And I think once you set the guidelines of what this product is, how it could be used, why people love it that gives you a foundation towards how to create additional content where I think people get lost of always creating the next video and just listening to the user, right? Look at the comments, read out what people are writing. Mm -hmm. And 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 see see what they're actually still curious about. Correct. And or what did, did the best. Right. And I think sometimes people get so caught up in when they're creating content, they're thinking of themselves and not the user. Yeah. Of like hey like what what is the community talking about you know wh- what are they agreeing on what are they disagreeing on okay how can we tackle that how can we create a video behind that and i think the more you make it personal is that people will buy into you going back to what i said is the products are products people love people 100 that's that just is what it is we're in a community of constantly community a community of people that all want to do one thing, right? And that's to find common ground and whatever it may be, if it's a product or a service. And so when you use your product or service to bring people together, I think you'll win. And that's why I'm obsessed with fitness gyms. And I think that's why they're, you know, people obviously during the pandemic, it was a different conversation, but the idea of like, will they be able to come back? And I, I said, yeah, these naturally human beings are meant to come together. Mm-hmm. And we're met, you know, we vibe off of the energies Yeah, working out. that yeah. we create for each other.
0: Working out at your home gym was okay. But as soon as they open back up, Everybody right, that, that filed back soren. in yeah, it was because the, the community
1: is what it is yeah, really baseline, selling people, that. People, yeah. people love people. Yeah. And so the more you can tell stories about the people that use the product or the service, you'll win. And I think starting is one thing, but consistency is of it all. And We're then talking about like podcasts one. is yeah. like that's just the game. It's not the interviews that are hard. Like this is a great conversation, Yeah, hanging out, talking. It's, it's like the idea of like doing it week after week, after week, and after week, after week after week
2: and thinking of the next guest and it can't, you don't want it to be similar to the last guest. And it's like, shit. Like he and I were staring at each other the other day. We're like, this might get a little harder.
0: It just, you know, finding, you know, I think Joe Rogan said it a lot early on. Is like, he was like anybody with a crazy story. Yeah. Tarantulas, oh, oh, lizard people, giants. Come on, man. Let's talk about (laughs) it. You want to talk about it for three hours? Come on. You know what I mean? And then as the show progressed and became what it is, you find your, your, your thing and the guests come, they kind of come to you. So question number two, uh for somebody that doesn't have a product or service that's just into content creation, maybe somebody that's young, um, maybe that's somebody's product or service that they, they want to create as themselves. What would be your advice to build following or scale, you know, their, their creation
1: ideas, tips? Great question. So the first thing I would say is build your portfolio. How do you build your portfolio, your friends and family? There's always a family event going on. And so you immediately tackle most things. Weddings, baptisms, bar mitzvahs, uh, birthday celebrations, graduations. And I think you serve through that. Sorry, I think, is that my phone? Is that my phone? My bad, if it was. Oh, okay. So th- through family events is how you'll create the content. And that is how you'll create your portfolio that then you could leverage to then sell yourself to those people that are there. Nine out of ten times, especially if you're at a birthday party, a kid's birthday party, the parents that are there have their kids and their birthdays are coming up. And then nine out of ten times what I always like to do is you wander the room and let them know, hey, if you have something coming up, I would love to help in any way. And then they'll say they'll say to you, Great, give me a business card, let me get your number. And you immediately follow up. And not only do you follow up with your greeting and reminding them who you are, you send them a personalized photo that you captured of their family. So now they really remember you. So in the text thread, yeah, the text thread then becomes the photographer too. I remember that photographer. He sent me the photo that same day. Look how nice this photo is. I want to book him for X, Y, and Z. Um, And I would do that endlessly over and over and over. And over time, you'll then convert into selling yourself to do other things. One thing is a restaurant. Walk into a local restaurant. Don't just tell them what you do. Order food, create a hype video, and then show it to them provide the value and then sell yourself and then they'll see the value in it because of what they want and then they may not need it but you tell them how you could provide value of what they're currently doing and how you could serve them and I think if you do that time and time again you'll create a, a good basis of, of income for yourself ranging from five hundred to a thousand dollars and people sometimes think you need it needs to be a fifteen twenty thousand dollar client like the frequency of that is not often, right? No, that's big budget. It, yeah. And, it, and even then, not to say it's not realistic because that's not the word. I think just someone who's starting out is like, take the little pieces of the cake. They add up 500 yeah. bucks here, 500 bucks there. You have two $500 events a week. You're making four grand a month. Exactly. You know? It's the consistency. Right. It's $52,000 a year. Double it. Yeah. Then double it again. Oh, yeah. Four a week, you're, you're making a hundred grand. There you go. So I think... People sometimes like to overthink it and just say to yourself, it's like, who do I know? How can I serve them? And what's the type of content I could provide? And for someone who, again, who's starting out doesn't know, there's great resources like YouTube and Instagram. 100%. I become obsessed with just watching what other people are doing. And then that gives me inspiration to do it and then provide the same type of content or something similar in my own fashion to a client. And then reading
0: the uh, the comments as well, because like right. you said, that's a good point is that, you know, how the people are reacting not just creating something, but how the people are reacting to what has been created is really the key in finding the value of it, right? Yeah. They'll let you know, because the 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 comment section is like, they're ruthless, bro. Yeah, yeah.
2: Just like you were saying before we came on the show, the water bottle being on the table.
0: Yeah, you know, and (laughs) yeah, I was talking about having some type of, uh, some type of, you know, alkaline water, and then obviously somebody that sold Kangen or whatever, like, that that water's trash, Chance, we gotta get you lined up with blah, 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 blah.
1: (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's all out there, yeah. (laughs) people are just, paying attention when it comes to content i say if you motivate educate or inspire you'll create a following um and, and one more biggest, time motivate. motivate educate and inspire yeah. you do one of the three or two of the three you'll find success in your content and the ending of it all too is just like being true to yourself of what you're creating if it's for you or for a client just make sure that you're aligned with what's going on because the biggest thing that you don't want is to you're creating content for people or kind of services or products that it sounds cliche, but it's so true because you'll start to disalign yourself and then kind of push yourself away from what you're enjoying, which is creating content. And I think as content creators, we sometimes not only overthink things is that we'll service things to just make it happen, but ultimately you want to do something that is really fueling you and saying to yourself, wow, this is like, I'm creating this video. I'm taking these photos to promote this product or service that I really believe is cool. Or I really believe is having a real purpose. Um, and then I, that's where I think you find the true passion in it of kind of saying to yourself like, okay, cool. Not only am I creating content, but the people I'm doing it for and the product or service that I'm promoting has, has a real positive influence or kind of, you know, purpose behind it and community that is strong.
2: Yeah. I've noticed even switching up my content from the gun stuff to more of like motivational stuff. When I don't post it, I get texts, DMS. They're like, where's my motivation. I'm like, you guys actually like this stuff?
1: Yeah. And I I think it's all perspective, right? Of kind of when it, when it comes to content, I think we, we love to consume things that is shareable, right? You want to be able to, you know, the motivational stuff is great because you want to be able to share that with your friends. And I think when it comes to not only motivation is the relatability behind it of creating stuff that can relate to other people. I think that's why there's so much success with meme pages is that it's just relatable and they're doing things or saying things that people don't say out loud and they just, they show it through texts or videos, and kind of. No, oh, a good meme goes viral real quick. Yeah, and it, it's, the idea but is a like, good
0: meme can topple a government or change the course of a Fortune 500 company <laughs> real yeah. quick,
1: for real. You know, I don't know. Have you guys seen lately the AI generated photos? Yeah, There's they're one wild, that going bro. Going viral yesterday with Donald Trump. Yeah,
0: of him getting arrested. That. Was That's scary. scary. Well, I mean, yeah. Elon had, has been warning people about AI have, that, for years. How
1: dangerous AI actually it, it is. Looks, it looks so real. Oh, like and that... And full-blown getting
0: tackled, held by... Let's police. imagine that that's probably old technology, too.
1: Yeah, we don't have...
2: Like, us regular people don't have access to the crazy version.
0: Well, they've... I mean, it was probably made for... Everything's made for the industrial-military complex, and it was probably made for them 10 years ago, right?
1: Yeah. But I think that's also a great example for content creators is that the idea of, like there's things that are constantly being innovated and you got to like know stay ahead of it yeah not even ahead i think it's more so just know what's going on and then how you can compete in the market mm, stay in the trend yeah just know what's going on and i think that's so important where like i something that i did is that when i was starting out you know i didn't have much of a quote-unquote community it was a i started about like six eight months ago i have a handful of creators from all over the country that I have on in an Instagram group chat. And I literally told them the first paragraph that I wrote in that group chat this is meant to motivate each other, inspire each other, and educate on content. If you do anything outside of that, you'll be removed from the group. And someone yesterday posted about hey, look at this. Adobe just created these new AI photos. You guys should start watching videos and learning about it. And the idea is that. I'm nowhere near perfect and I'm nowhere near where I want to be. But the idea is like you have, especially as a creator, you have to be cultivating yourself and pushing yourself to know what's hot and then also know what are people looking at and how you can get ingrained in that to then service the people. It's also nice to have different eyes
0: on things too, as well, right? right. So, so creating something or, a, a safe space for all of us to grow together. Right. Um, is a great thing as the industry can become an industry, right? Um, speaking of AI, let's, uh, Pick your brain a little bit about that for a second. Um, so, for a content creator out there, what are a few prompts that um, you think would bring value to them using something like ChatGPT? For
1: yeah, I think it
0: becomes. What would you ask? What yeah, would you yeah. ask your robot? Your robot <laughs> to do for you? You know? Yeah.
1: Um, when when it comes to ChatGPT, I think it was a another viral video I saw yesterday. Is that a, a college professor? caught half of the class using it to prompt them the same answers and i so i i thought that was really interesting because it made me think about creativity creativity using creativity to knowing what's going on and also to not quote unquote copy other people i think what chat Chibiti does is seeks and discovers new ways of thinking and how to answer certain things um, but for me personally i think the thing that i don't look forward to is that people just using that and as a lean be very stale right correct of like the ideas like for me i think the beauty behind just being a content creator is that i always say to people is like that quote quote of the lens through your eyes no one else sees it because of your experiences who you met and what you've done and the point you are in your life 100 percent. and so as a content creator I, i like to think that the beauty behind what we do is i see it in a different way as you do and you do. And that even though we could be in the same place, we could still take different photos of the same thing. And being a content creator, I would say towards chat GPT is that use it as a path, but don't allow it to decide your steps. Meaning is that he could, it'll put you in the right direction. It'll give you the right information, but don't be dependent on that. Use it as a tool. Correct. But really the idea is what I'm trying to tell you is like, don't, lose your creativity based off a of software that's deciding for you. Gotcha. Allow it to make a path for you and make that line and take those kind it's of the right to be mindset, an assistant. Right, the right mindset, but don't let it take the steps for you. Yeah. Like the beauty behind being a content creator is you trying it, you failing, you trying yeah, it, you seeing what works, trying, what doesn't. Yeah. You trying it and then getting that natural, what I like to call the head high of like, man, that came out so cool. I did that may have done it by mistake or it may have been coordinated, but the idea is that you created that. And that's the one thing that I don't want is like, as content creators for software is to constantly be just buttons and then it just happens. Yeah. It's like, there's a beauty behind- The lack in the the, creation. The the creation of it, of like the self-fulfillment. And there's so much more that comes to it of like, you know, there's artists that talk about like, just picking up the brush and just being able to, the motion of it. There's beauty behind that, you know? And there's beauty behind a content creator, put cultivating clips together, putting things together, seeing that vision of what it could be like. Versus just throwing it in a software and it doing it for you.
0: We need to uh, use it to empower us, not to power us, right?
1: Right. That's exactly it. That, that's just the number one thing I don't want, especially for young creators, is that them thinking that's the only tool. So then it becomes a standard.
0: What do you think of all this rain we've been getting in Los Angeles?
1: Today? It's nuts. It's We're actually Florida, nuts. So you're used to like, yeah, hurricane season is different. This is lately. It's been wild.
0: thought hurricane season was over.
1: Yeah, it's been nuts.
0: We're going to wrap up with uh, two things. First, um, anything you'd like to share with us that you're working on, um, anything you got in development, and what can we look forward to from you in the future?
1: So the biggest thing for me as a content creator, I've done a great time spending my presence with work and knowing that there's only so many places I could be at once, right? Which is one. And knowing that, number two is, how can I serve further content creators by not only education, but ultimately giving them business opportunities? And so I'm coming out with a company called Creator Galaxy, and this company will essentially connect business owners and creators for jobs and sites. So the example is, if I'm a content creator based in LA, or vice versa, let's say the business owner, and I have an event coming up, I have a budget of a $1,000, I'm looking for a specific type of work of a video reel, You run through our filters and within seconds we connect you with the content creator. That's amazing. Yeah. They, they accept the gig. We take the funds from the business. You do the job. Then the, the, all the conversations, all the uh, work is then transferred over to the business owner. They give the green light and then we pay the creator immediately.
2: That makes life a lot easier because people always hit me up. They're like, you had a a content creator? I was like, I don't share my guy. You got to figure it out.
1: (laughs) So the idea is that one, it'll give business owner content creator opportunities. And then two, content creators not only work, but the opportunity to travel. So I want to launch them across like the major cities. And then, uh, then that'll lead into what I believe will be a big, big passion project of mine, which will be like content CEO, creator galaxy retreats. And that will bring it like full circle where online meets presence of online creators coming together. I want the number to be around 10 to 20 intimate experience. I'm educating them throughout the day. In the evenings, uh, they're spending time with models that I've flown in to then apply what I taught them that same morning um, and to create content. So that's something I'm looking forward to. I think that's something that the market needs and uh doing is this going to be a
0: physical experience to start or will it be digital
1: uh, so the creator galaxy is a dot-com site uh-huh. it's actually already done and that will then ultimately what going back to what we said at the beginning of the podcast community mm-hmm. you know, in-person experience and then the retreats will be the in-person experience by cool. being a member be a, being a part of that online yeah. community
0: and so, being able to you know take what you've learned digitally and then apply it in a right and stage, and, and yeah. also meet the people that, that are all word, involved yeah. Yeah, that, yeah that
1: are part of the community and then getting them together and then being able to learn from each other and so balancing that with traveling with dan is being in every city wherever he needs me <laughs> yeah so.
0: creator galaxy great idea um i, love I think it. it has tons of value for for this uh burgeoning field that that you're in you know right and that you're kind of you know evolving in as it evolves itself that's right. awesome um Great idea. Uh, one last thing, uh, you know, what would you like to leave the audience with, um, either personal or entrepreneurial or business-wise? Just something that you'd like to, you know, you think that maybe is often overlooked, but uh, that you'd like to share for all the other uh, people out there. Yeah,
1: if you, if you're a creator starting out and you don't know where to go or what to do, uh, just get started and just get started by doing it for yourself and not looking for approval from the people around you. Don't, you don't have to tell everyone what you're doing. You don't have to tell everyone what your next steps are. What you have to do is just trust on what you have going on, build yourself, and then the world will see it. Sometimes as creators, we sometimes seek validation through our likes our comments and our views. And sometimes it just takes time, right? And I've realized that the patience in that game of doing something for yourself and not for others especially as a content creator we're constantly looking again for validation from people to accept our work and when when you're just getting started it's not easy when you're just getting started it's not going to be you know it's all sunshine and rainbows but ultimately when you show up and you do it over and over again you start to figure out your path and you make your steps and whatever that may be in whatever career but just show up and do it for you don't don't look for validation from other people uh, because you'll then realize that you're living for others and not for yourself. I like it. Yeah. It took me a while to figure that part out, a, a very long time.
0: I mean, we're all one day at a time, right? We're yeah. all trying to figure this thing out as we go. And yep. that's the beauty of a uh, shared space. And, uh, you know, like, like you said with Creator Galaxy, it's like, you know, getting a group of people in a shared space, digitally or physically, and uh, watching uh, community evolve into, you know, something bigger than itself we've seen you know monolithic companies arrive you know just recently from nft space to crypto space to this and that and uh gain crazy market share and value over overnight almost you know yeah so it's it's really about shared space and communities build
1: bridges and that's dope thank you guys for having me on this is fun appreciate
0: you coming out roger
1: yes yeah. this is dope
0: Uh, Like, subscribe, comment, comment, sure. If you got a comment.
2: (laughs) See you guys on the next one.